0: Hi everyone, it's Bart from Daniel's social media team. In today's episode, Dan and Jody talk about habits, routines and opportunities. We hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Um, as always, and thanks for joining Dan and I in our August DG community chat. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this uh, chat um, as the previous months ones as well. Um, As always, um, the chat has been recorded. um, So we will put it out across our social media channels um, after the um, event. So anyone who missed it can catch up later and feel free to share it amongst your um, own platforms as well. And at the moment, if you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, feel free to share this link as well so that people in your network can join in to the chat tonight um too. but before um before we get into the the kind of um main bit of the chat um, i just wanted to take this opportunity to, to say thank you to all the people who've commented and reshared and messaged dan and i um, just about the dg community in general it's so lovely to hear such um nice feedback and um we don't we don't do it for for that reason at all of course we don't but it's um, lovely to to hear back um what you think of the um of the the community events that that we do and hopefully the advice um, that we provide um, is is helpful um, as as well. So yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Um, But we'll just dive into tonight's chat, which is going to be around daily habits, routine and opportunity. And I'll pass over to Dan, who will give a bit of an overview into it. But as ever, please feel free to use the chat box at bottom and um, to ask any questions that you wish. It's an interactive, chat, as always. So please just put your questions in and uh, I will get to them as soon as we can.
0: Thanks, Jodie. Good evening, everybody. So yeah, this um, this conversation in a way came from a lot of the things that Jodie and I have talked about for quite a while, actually. Um, and I think in the last DG community chat, um, we we touched on these points and some of the, the questions that were asked um, from um, the audience. So <clears throat> yeah, the first thing I would say is, please feel free to put the questions um, in the chat. We'll get to them as soon as we can. And I'm sure there'll be hopefully lots of interesting ones to have a discussion with. But um, what what in, in prep as well for the Jody and I were thinking about was, you know, I think the words habits and routines and opportunities are almost all in a way buzzwords um, that a lot of people use to be able to talk about a lot of and a variety of different ideas and, when i uh is obviously over a year ago now did um a small sort of youtube career set of chats and conversations um i talk quite a lot actually about um habits and the reason why is that because i think if we go back to the basics of a lot of the things and partly part of the reason why some people want to join and listen into the conversations etc and talk about particular elements is You know, a lot of the conversations are around. I want to do something that, uh, as a career, which is interesting for me, that I am passionate about, that I am inquisitive on, that I want to learn more about. And the uh, the easy and the hard answer usually is, and it's something that that I know Jody will share quite a lot about soon. Is you know, if you want to make that investment and you want to try and uh, control what you can control. In the short term, some of the things that I've seen worked very well is, you know, just starting almost like a knowledge side hustle. And what I mean by that and how it relates to habits in a way is that what I've said a lot of the time to people is, okay, so you want to be involved in the sports industry, for example, what particular area of the sports industry do you want to be in? If it's marketing, if it's PR, if it's comms, if it's accountancy, if it's law, if it's fashion, if it's design, if it's social media, what content, whatever else it might be. But the really important thing I think to be thinking about is two things. One, are you going along the career path that will take you um, in that direction? And at the same time, are you doing things outside of your nine-to-five sometimes which you think will aid your career trajectory, your career path? And usually, usually, um, that tends to include um, trying to understand more about the industry that you want to actually get involved in and in my experience too and i can only speak on behalf of myself but jody as well because we've had these conversations for a while is jody for a long time was saying well i want to be i'd like to be a sports law, and i'd like to get more into sports related work and lots of the conversations we had and i'd said to her was okay well how do you do that by taking actual particular habits and how do you make particular habits and turn those into routines? And the thing is a very, very granular, practical tip that I really tried to push Jodi and lots of other people towards was just to say, for 10 minutes or for 15 minutes every day, put aside time to be able to start reading things in your industry, in your industry space, that you are interested um, in knowing more about. A very, very simple element. So. At that point, I just want to hand over to Jodie, because maybe you can talk about that journey of where you actually came from, from being a lawyer, um, a qualified lawyer that wasn't um, actually doing too much in sports, with the aim to get into sports, and how you started on those daily habits, which then effectively transformed into a relatively straightforward routine.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks for that, Dan. Um, Yeah, you're you're right, when I first wanted to get into the sports law um sector. I actually knew nothing about it as such because I hadn't been exposed to it. Um so the first thing that I almost did was quickly, you know, went on to Google and as everyone does, you know, what is sports law? Um what is what topics can I look into or or whatnot. And actually the very first thing that came up and I know Dan's a huge advocate of this is the Law and Sport website. And um I clicked on that and I thought oh wow there's so much more to this than I ever thought and there's just so many different sports and so many different elements of the the sports law and I thought wow so it's quite overwhelming actually when you realize there's a, a lot of something that you know nothing about and um, but then actually I kind of just took it upon myself to just spend 10-15 minutes a day just looking particularly I just looked at this one website for maybe a week or so I think it was just so I knew that there's a lot of resources there I didn't want to overwhelm myself too much by looking too many different other like other places so maybe spent spent five ten minutes a day and just going through clicking on the links on lawn sport, looking at the different um, sports that were there and just seeing what issues were um, you know current in those areas and there were some blogs I think Dan had a few blogs up there as well on the football sector um, but there's a lot of different things and actually just by reading that um and the issues that were were current actually exposed me to a lot more areas that I didn't even know I would have had have an interest in because I just never read about them before so things like you know anti-doping or corruption or commercial contracts or I mean anything in any sport and it was it was really good just to kind of spend 15 minutes of my day and I didn't spend any longer than that because there was no point in trying to you know get too much um information at once but um yeah i usually did 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the morning but you could do it at at, at any point and i kind of just began making myself do it every day kind of at the same time and whether it would be well morning or or afternoon but actually after a week or so i find myself just becoming doing it as as a habit like i I just kind of you know logged in and i checked the lawnsport website to see what was coming like you know what what was what was um you know new articles or, or whatnot, what was in um, kind of there. And actually at the time Dan had told me to kind of write a knowledge journal um at the at the time to so the articles that I'd read or or whatnot. And it wasn't even always articles about like sports as such. It was sometimes about sports lawyers' journeys in the industry, what what top tips, you know. So it was it was a wide range of of things. And I wrote, you know, I wrote down the articles that I read and who had written them and I made three points um about the kind of three main you know factors that i taken away from the article, um, and actually on the basis of that as well, I then reached out to if I could and I could find who wrote who wrote it. I then reached out to the person who um, had written it, probably I think it was mostly LinkedIn, and because they were easier easier to find, and I just dropped them a message to say you know in. Um, Read your article. Really interested in connecting and whatnot, and then because you had a common interest, i.e., you read their article, um, it was more likely to spark a conversation um, as well. So I just limited myself to three three articles a day, and I didn't I didn't reach out to every single person. Um, if I if I reached out to maybe one or two or three, um, then that was fine. But there's no point in putting pressure on yourself either. Um, absolutely not and then after a while I I collected a a knowledge journal of a lot of different articles a lot of different areas Um, and then yeah so it was was really good to to, to be able to do that but I think a a tip for me especially coming from a um, sector where I actually knew nothing about law I qualified in civil litigation so nothing to do with sport at all I think the first step and the first hurdle you have to do is simply just have like a blank canvas almost and then just you know google something or sports law, whatever and just see what takes your fancy and just keep reading and just keep searching but don't spend too long doing it just carry on with your you know your normal day otherwise and then um just kind of see see what happens but it's um something that I still do today even though I'm now in the sports law sector it's so good to keep your um hand in and, and to see what's kind of going around um, but that would be my first my first step would be just to kind of open your mind and your eyes up to the articles and knowledge that are that are out there and um, yeah that would be my first first bit of advice.
0: No I completely agree Jody. and I think obviously really interested in other people's views on this and questions that they have and please feel free to put it in the chat but I think a lot of the time what I'm really keen on um, trying to push in particular directions is you know in a way and it's from the uh, James Clear book that I know both of us have read that we really enjoy at different times his social media posts at various other times as well which is almost like you are your habits and it might only be for five or ten minutes bit at a time but if you want to do something the truth is is that unless you you make time to be able to do it then it doesn't doesn't really happen but the flip side of that at the same time is that you know, if you keep with that habit, and as you said, for a particular period of time, that it becomes that routine, that it becomes quite automatic, it becomes that self developmental element. Um, then I think the really important thing that then happens by way of transformation is you start obviously. Uh, realizing you started consuming quite a lot of content if it's a podcast if it's um, something uh, visual if it's something reading if it's um, you know speaking with someone in particular but you know if you if you then multiply that and compound that over three to six months and you've consumed let's say a couple of articles a day then what we're actually talking about is probably over 500 pieces of content over a six-month period and the reason why I say that is important is because things start then, I think, piecing together is that you, um, you, you build a better 360 degree picture of the industry. If it's, you know, football, if it's sport, if it's fashion, if it's tech, if it's, you know, crypto, if it's whatever else it might be. And all of those linkages and connections, I think, start joining together a little bit. And one article that you've read about one thing links in with something else that you've written, and then you put it in a knowledge journal saying, actually, that bit is interesting for here, and this means it goes to here. And you start just connecting a bigger – you start inputting pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, really, that look quite disparate in the beginning, but then two pieces link together, and then you start getting a bigger picture. And the reason why I say I think that's really important is because – Day by day, as you piece each particular knowledge piece together, it allows you then at some point to provide a more informed opinion and back it up rather than, you know, my usual one is I have a lot of people that say I want to be a football agent or I want to be in the football business. And then you say to them, okay, well, tell me about the interesting issues impacting on the football industry today. You know, what you really want to be able to say about a particular industry is not, oh, I really like playing it or I really like watching it. It's actually uh, demonstrating to someone in the industry that when you have the opportunity to have a conversation with them, you can actually back it up with interesting insights. It might be the interest interesting insights of other people at first, but when those that bits of knowledge congeals in lots of different ways, and you start forming opinions based on lots of other people's opinions, that's actually when the the real. Mag- starts because then what happens is you're speaking from a place of much greater authority that you're not simply um you know spouting off the same things that other people might be able to spout off but you're much more likely to say something more perceptive and have greater perspective rather than just superficially trying to bluff your way through a conversation press and it's that invisible knowledge building which then becomes really important
1: I think that's I think that's absolutely right and I know some people find it easier than others to you know engage in conversations or to impart the information or knowledge that they know which is actually why I started a blog in the first place because I'm not that confident I mean I know I'm doing this webinar series but I actually I'm in that conference speaking in front of people so what, with all the knowledge that I um, kind of learned that I decided then to put it into a blog and then share it amongst my platform and then people could kind of read what I was, you know, evidence and what I was talking about. And um, that was something that I, I really enjoyed doing. But again, it was out my, outside of my comfort zone. Um, but actually putting it down on paper and then that also then allows you to develop your ideas, your opinions and whatever else as well. And whether one person reads it or 10 people read it or 100 people read it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So um, I think it's just good to get your thoughts and that out there. And actually, if you spend a bit of time, you know, researching in, in a particular case or an area, someone else might not have. And actually, if you just share that on your platform and they read it and then they'll they'll be, you know, more up to speed with the current affairs on that. So actually it has a domino effect um, as well. So there's like a, something that, that I started off just reading the articles myself and then as I built up knowledge about a particular area, I then felt comfortable enough to write about it myself and then share it amongst um, like my platforms um, as well. And that was a big thing for me because I just never thought that anybody would ever want to read anything that I'd, that I'd written. But I, th- I think I found that easier to begin with than um, speaking to people about it because sometimes I just get really nervous or, or speak really fast or get tongue tied or whatnot. So I chose to go down the, the, the blog route, uh, the blog route, sorry. And um, yeah, it was re- received quite well, un- unexpectedly.
0: Well, I think the important thing there, Jodie, as well, that I was really keen on stressing is, um, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and, and writing for the general world is not an easy thing to do. It's very difficult to write, co- uh, you know, cog- I can't even say the word, cohesively and cogently about actually a, a topic full stop. But I think that also really helps when you're trying to put across your personality in a CV as well, really, where you can say, "Actually, I've written on these three or four topics," it's almost so unlikely that someone that's wanting to recruit someone isn't going to click on a link and say, can, "Can this person write well? Can they put forward um, a good argument, um, a good and interesting, perceptive piece of information? Can they articulate themselves well enough?" And I think that I know that's got me um, some way to some jobs previously as well, where I've written. Law journal articles, and I'd asked, you know, the guys that I'd worked with for lots of years, saying, you know, what were the particular reasons why you hired me? And they said, well, you, you know, you obviously had good technical knowledge and skills because you'd been accepted to some law journals and had written, you know, well in different ways. And so, and it just, I'm going slightly off tangent for one second, but I'd be really interested in your views on this um, as well, Jody, because I, I think, you know, when um, I gave you some thought over the last few months about, you know, when people come to 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 me and others, I'm sure yourself included, Jody and say, well, tell me how I prepare for an interview for a particular job, for example, in the industry or in the entertainment space or whatever else it might be. The truth is, is that to a degree, I almost feel like it's the wrong way around at looking at the actual question. Because actually, if you are engaged in wanting to understand more about a particular industry and the 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 current, current issues that are cropping up and the interesting stuff and the particular commercials and what's happening and how things work, etc., is that I think to, to some people, even though it's obvious to say, um, the, 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 the best people will already have probably spent six months or a year actually reading all about the stuff that they're interested in doing. Now, granted, I know it's not obvious to everybody and it hadn't been for me for a long time to say, well, I need to read this or I need to read that. But preparing isn't the one week of worrying about, oh, my God, I need to do this and this and this because otherwise I won't know this, this, and this. It's actually almost creating your identity as somebody that wants to know more about someone in, about, about the things that you're interested in most in doing and then being able to articulate that in particular interviews. And the reason why I say that is there's a great quote again by James Clear. I'm just going to read it. He put in one of his newsletters um, in the end of December 2020. So he he wrote, he said, improvements are only temporary until they become a part of who you are. The goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician. This year, focus on the identity you want to build. And And I really liked that because actually, that's what it is. The whole idea of being your habits and identifying yourself as someone that does those particular things. I think then you almost start thinking about at interview or before you're identifying as someone that wants to be part of the industry because you are starting to build that knowledge and understanding. And I'd, yeah, I'd be really interested, Georgia, on your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And and I think it's a long-term thing as well. Like it's not something, I mean, I, I've worked for a couple of years to get to where I am now and it isn't something that just came overnight either. Um, I realised that I didn't have um necessarily all the skill sets that I needed to get into the industry. Um, And I kept getting knockbacks, kept getting rejections, and it was mainly because you don't have enough experience in this area or X, Y, Z. So I thought, well, actually, if that's what they're going to keep saying to me, and I, I only I can change that. And actually, by doing something um, or evidencing why I have an interest in the area, i.e. a blog or a link to the blog or, or whatever, if I was to put that in my CV or application for a job, um, prospective employers could click on that and see, actually, yeah, you know what, I, I do have an interest in this. I've, I've done this and I've done that and whatever else. And I did a lot of um, placements as well and just uh, um. A lot of and you know emails and whatnot, and we can probably cover that in another another topic. And I don't want to stress. Oh, sorry, I want to stress that it's not it's not easy at all. It, it's really difficult. And actually, doing a lot of these daily habits are really mundane. They're really boring. Um, There's so many other things that I know everybody would rather be doing. You know, scrolling on social media or or do or just doing whatever. I mean, it's easy enough to spend 15 minutes just sitting on the couch doing nothing than it is to spend 15 minutes. You know, having a quick look at. Uh, website that talks about sports law or, or whatever but actually it's the little things that you do every day that will then turn into the big things that will help you going forward and that's ultimately kind of I think in the long term what helped me get to where I am today like nobody saw the hard work that I did I couldn't evidence it until necessarily until I had the job or until I, I, I did things to, you know, step to get to where I'm going. But actually, right at the start, I genuinely started with nothing. I had a complete blank page. I didn't have necessarily any contacts in, in, in the industry. I didn't have anything. Like I, I very much reached out to, to everyone. And that, for example, I reached out to Dan. Dan didn't reach out to me. And that's kind of how our um relationship um like started. But Yeah, that's very much what what I did. It was pretty much right at the the start, complete blank, blank canvas. And I thought, right, this is the long-term goal is to work in the industry, but it's not gonna happen overnight and I had to break down things of um, how I thought I was going to get there and then break it down again. Well, what can I do to get to A? What can I do then to get to B? And what can I do to get to C? So um, it's small steps that ultimately then lead to larger steps or then larger steps then lead to, you know, you get higher up the ladder and whatever else. But actually everyone's got to start somewhere and by doing something is better than nothing. And whether that be 15 minutes a day, reading an article, listening to a podcast when you're out on a walk or, or whatever else, I mean, ultimately you can't run a 5k either if you just I mean well I definitely couldn't run a 5k just off off the back of never having run before so you've got to have realistic expectations as well and I know for some um things like this happen overnight for people I I understand that um but I would say that's probably few and far between I think actually the majority of people it is a bit of a longer game and but actually doing little things um, and there's plenty sorry there are plenty of things that you can be doing every day or every other day that will help you and no one else will do it for you you have to do it for yourself and as Dan said actually and when you know when you're preparing for an an interview or you're applying for a job you've already gone ahead and researched everything And, and not because someone told you told you to do it you already knew that's what you had to do. Like you, you just go on, it's almost like um automatic. You, you know, you want to apply for a job while well, you go and research the company, you go and look at w- what they're doing and whatnot. And I think if you're having to ask somebody to do that, I would probably think about the area that you're looking to try and get into. Um, as well so yeah I think there's a lot that you can do and certainly there's probably a lot more or many people have probably done different things than what than what I've done but I think it's helpful to um, just impart some of the steps that I, I took to get to where, to where I am.
0: So Joe, yeah I'm going to just touch on one or two things out of that but um, the first thing just to note on that which I, I was really interested in is that you know you talked about the, your knowledge journal as well and you um, I actually, this is the first year that I've actually um, journaled um, and almost had a daily checklist of the things that I want to be doing, like uh, reading, like exercising, like gratitude, like reading with the kids, uh, listening to a podcast, doing my book stuff, you know, all the things that I want to try and track a little bit. And I found that the, the accountability of having that tracker in a way um, as so long as you can keep in the routine of it is actually very helpful as well. Um, that you almost get you know annoyed at the fact that you don't do it if you uh, if you then miss a couple of days or otherwise. So, yeah, I think I, if if I give you one or two minutes just to think about that whilst I go on to another point about the accountability of that knowledge journal and how about you did it. Um, what I just wanted to touch on was a, a really interesting um, TED talk that I, watched a while back from, um, a professor called BJ Fogg. Um, so he gave this Ted talk, right, about, um, routines. Um, and he, and he's a very good storyteller in truth as well. So I'd really recommend having a listen to it, but he basically, um, explained about, uh, his routine that he's developed, which is every time he goes to the toilet, he does two press-ups. So, I, I found that quite odd in a number of ways in truth, <laughs> especially because I was querying about whether he washed his hands or not. That's maybe a different story. But, um, the, the, point, the point generally being is that he explained then that he wants to get fitter, he wants to get more in shape. Um, but actually, what was he found difficult was continuing the motivation to go to the gym and to exercise day after day, week after week. And so what I was trying to work out and what he then explained really nicely was the theory behind the behavior and he, he broke it down into three basic categories and um, which and i'm using some notes to be able to help with this so excuse me if i'm slightly looking to one side but what he basically explained was that people overestimate their own motivation when trying to change behavior so i found that a fascinating thing because i always thought oh I, I, I will, my motivation will stay and it will stick, and because I am good enough to be able to do that. But the truth is, is that willpower alone only takes you so far, and you need that helping hand, you know. And I totally empathize and I totally um, get that first principle. So, what he explains is that when motivation may work for one off behaviors or actions, it's not great over a longer period of time, or is what he explains as sustainable change, i.e. where that habit turns into a routine. And as a result then, he explains that such change is likely to come about by designing small habits that make your desired action as simple and as easy as possible to do. So the example that he gives, going back to it, is When he does the thing that he does probably five or six times a day, depending on how strong or weak your bladder is, I guess, um, he then will do the two push-ups or press-ups rather it might be. And so what he then explained basically was that what you need to do is hook on the thing that you want to do to the thing that you already do. And I really like that actually in the end, which is maybe it's like when I drink my first cup cup of coffee in the morning. I will read two articles or maybe when I go to the toilet, I will do this or maybe after I've had my breakfast, I will do this or whatever else it might be. And I found that a really fascinating way of that being the trigger in a way. And to be fair, when I go to the toilet quite a lot now I, at home, I do actually do ups because actually I've got into a quite a habit of doing that now. So I quite liked that as quite a practical example of how you can then change a habit into a routine because your body and your brain becomes more um autonomized, or whatever the exact phrase is it becomes more automatic um and it becomes more autonomous then um as a result
1: yeah i totally agree and i think as well like it doesn't have to be you know in, in, you know in, as you said in your work life it can just be in, in your daily life as it you know as it as it is and um, going back to to lockdown when I was very much one of those people who did like PE with Joe um, and I part of my so it then became part of my routine and I genuinely did bar I think one I did every single live workout that he he ever did. I think there were seventy or eighty workouts over however many how many weeks it was, and I made myself. Well, I, I don't know. I didn't make myself do it. I wanted to do it every day, and I knew it was at nine o'clock this day or whatever time, and I just did it every single day. And I got up and I, and I felt great, and it felt part of my routine. And um, now I know that was just for me, but that might not work for somebody else. But then that just I just incorporated incorporated that, but that wasn't something I did. You know this time well last year or whenever, or whenever it was it was something new that i started and i thought oh i'll give it a go and then after one session or two sessions I thought, oh i actually quite like doing this but before you you've got to try things before you know if you're actually going to stick with it or or not and if you don't want to stick with it well just try try something else i mean HIT workouts or any sort of youtube workout aren't for anyone sometimes people prefer going for a 5k run or they prefer going outside or whatever else and maybe that works best for them but you can just deviate from so that often the main thing was exercise but i just prefer doing it as a hit workout but there's other means to do it so actually if journaling in a way doesn't actually work for you there's other things that you can do as well so it, it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be that and um, but talking of um journaling actually as well at the start of covid i started a journal an actual covid diary and i didn't think at the time that it would last for particularly long but actually um would you believe i actually wrote it for 500 days So every single day for um, COVID, so it started on March the 17th, 2020, um, and I actually just finished it. D 500 was the 29th of July, I think. Um, but yeah, and I wrote in that every single day um, without fail. It was an absolute habit that I absolutely, definitely had to do it every day. I'd come so far after especially getting to 100 or 200 or 300 or 400. And then I stopped at fi- day 500 and I genuinely did. Like, wrote in a diary for 500 days. Um, and it took probably five or 10 minutes out of my day. Um, but actually now, and I've not done it yet, but I probably, well, well, I'll go back and look through it and see what I wrote at that time. And I'm sure it'll be, um, maybe not such a nice reminder, but it'll be helpful to see, you know, how things were at that time a year ago. But that's certainly something that I didn't expect I would ever have done. Um, and then I started it and then I quite enjoyed doing it. And it was a part of a motivation that I had to do every single day. And then I continued it for for 500 days.
0: Very cool. Well, that, that that's a great routine, I think, basically. And um, yeah, very impressive. And. I think on that point, really welcome everyone else's thoughts on this as well, because it'd be great to um, yeah, have some questions as, as, as they come up. That, that's almost that stage, isn't it now, where if you can do those small small changes consistently, compounded over a particular period of time, that habit then becomes that routine, which becomes, I think, a bit more straightforward and something that becomes uh, more of your identity it becomes something that you feel you can then tell other people about, which is, yeah, I want to get into this industry. I'm reading really interesting stuff here. Have you, have you listened to this person talk about this particular area? Has this sprung to mind? And, you know, I think sometimes when it becomes more of your identity, then people remember that that's the thing that you're interested in more about as well. So, you know, I was giving some thought to it as well, which is, you know, as well as obviously sometimes you being the person that's telling other people, really interested in this, really interested in that. When you're telling that you're, you're those nearest and dearest to you about it, I think as well, they almost become your advocates, I think sometimes as well. I know my wife does it brilliantly for me in telling everyone about you know my book stuff or my work that I do or the other stuff that I'm interested in or the charity fashion brand or whatever. I think that's sometimes a very underutilized resource, which can be you know within reason. And so long as they want to hear from you on different areas, it's just share your passion and your particular areas of interest with others so that they can then almost amplify when they're speaking to people about what you can do and the people that you know etc
1: yeah well well, because you never know if you speak to somebody they might know somebody else you know you know for example if you spoke to your parents or your wife or your husband whatever they might have a colleague who knows somebody else and there's so many links that 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 could come from this but actually if you don't say anything you'll never know so it may very well come to something or it may very well come come to nothing and but actually putting yourself out there or even getting friends or family to read any blog blogs that you you know want to, to like publisher or, or anything like that like just making sure people know that you've got an interest in in the area and some people really won't care actually really will not care that you've got this interest in sport because it doesn't interest them and that's absolutely fine like you not everyone's going to like everything that you want to do and that's and that's completely normal like that life would be boring if everyone liked the same the same thing but actually there'll be a few people who genuinely do have an interest in, in, in what you want to say or what you want to write and and um, use those people because they'll be happy to help um in, 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 in any way and I think um, yeah that's important important too but go back to the routines of like habits rit- or sorry habits routines and opportunity I think this whole DG community as it is um, wouldn't have happened I mean I mean it must have been about five or six years ago now I reached out to Dan in so many ways to kind of ask for a bit of advice or, or help just the standard kind of student to um, you know someone in that area can give me a bit of advice kind of thing and then over the years um actually it didn't so much become a routine but Dan and I just kept in contact and we um kind of knew what each other was getting up to and, and whatnot then actually because of that we and then we spoke about um our journeys or whatnot this opportunity actually arose was based on our previous experiences between like Dan and I's j- journeys together so actually if if, we, if Dan and I hadn't spoken this would not be a thing at all um, and and that goes to show that you know sometimes things take you know five or six years it's not something that can happen overnight or within a couple of months. Um, but little things every day will then help you get on to something else to get on to something else. Um, yeah.
0: Well, then also the thing that I think is really important to note as well, Jodie, that you 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 were talking about when we were preparing for this was <clears throat> you go from the routine of us, us doing this hopefully now on a constant basis to then you know the people reaching out to you on LinkedIn or across social media or you know various places to say you know, thanks for this or I've got a question on that or can you offer some guidance or some wisdom or advice, etc. The, the thing that I really like about that approach is, in a way, what what starts off as something, you know, as us talking about it, leads to us doing and then leads to more opportunities and, and connections. So I think there's something in for, for us and for you as well, in truth, the putting yourself out there, being a little bit out of your comfort zone, which I know you have been, and that's to be commended for, <laughs> for, for doing this with me, which is great. But also then the opportunities that arise to connect with other people as a result of what you're doing. and And that's the bit that I think then offers a lot because, you know, you mix knowledge building with growing relationships and your network, and soon you're doing lots of different things at, at the same time.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And it's it's bizarre for me to be kind of doing something like this because only maybe a couple of years ago, it was genuinely me who was, you know, asking other people questions or, or guidance or, or whatnot. Um, but that's actually why Dan and I thought it was a good idea to do this because um we could kind of impart our own knowledge about the steps that we've kind of both taken. Um, and I know especially from my own experience that it's always really daunting to come onto webinars when you know we've got a a, a partner or a senior partner in, in a law firm and actually sometimes it's nice to have someone at the opposite end of the scale, like a junior um lawyer like like myself, um who's kind of been through a bit of rejection and, and difficulties with lockdown and whatever else and, and a kind of how you overcome it because it's not a, a straight road. There's plenty of obstacles in the way. And um, I mean Dan's had um you know everyone's had many in, in the careers up and down and, and whatever else but yeah doing something like this is so far out my comfort zone i am like i i mean i might not come across it but i don't like speaking in front of people Um, so yeah it's, it's, it's really daunting but then on the back of that i have had a number of linkedin conversations or zoom calls um, with people who have tuned in and um who are wanting a bit of advice, or even just to read things like read a blog or read a cover letter or something like that. And actually, because people had helped me in my time of need, I'm so always more than happy to help if I have the time to, to help other people. And it just was a really full circle um, moment uh, for me, actually.
0: And so if we then sort of evolve from that, which is, it fits neatly into two of the points I think you've made, Jodie, which are, which are really interesting ones around you know creating more opportunities through what we're doing now but at the same time playing the long game and i think that's like the the really important key is almost like you know that that patience element to it which is what you've really got to do i think in my experience i definitely feel it and i know in a lot of the work that you've done is you know putting that invisible work is the truth put in those knowledge hours start building relationships but sort of at the same time depressurize yourself not to think you know what, if it doesn't happen in the next six months or nine months, then it's never going to happen. It's never going to work. I've done everything I can. Usually in my experience and from speaking to a lot of other people, the one thing that is usually out of a person's control is timing and is all of the other variables. It might be someone's not recruiting. It might be someone else was slightly better or came across better in an interview. It might be you made one typo in a CV which cost you the chance to have that interview. It might be that the industry is going through a particular rocky phase or vice versa, or it might be that you're more junior or too senior for a particular role or the rest of it. And so what I mean by that is you've got to be open to the opportunity when it arises, but not too much put pressure on yourself that if the opportunity doesn't rise quickly, then it's all over for you is the truth. And that's, I think, that sort of fait accompli um, rationale, which I think people need to feel more comfortable with, which is play play the long game a little bit more and you depressurize yourself by you know you might not be doing the exact job that you want to for a particular period of time but there will always be loads of particular skills that you will be learning evolving on picking up good habits hopefully less picking up bad habits on particular people from particular people but as a result you it's what i think a lot of people calls like you stretch your opportunity window you stretch the window so that It might not be in the short term that you find something, but in the medium to long term, if you're building that knowledge, if you're reaching out to more people, if you're networking in the right way, if you're able to speak your mind and articulate stuff and deal with detailed, interesting issues mixed with a growing skill set in whichever area you might be in, you then de-risk and stretch your window so that then when the right types of opportunities come... You've, you, you can then go full force into them knowing it's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen for you right now. But if it does, then great. And it's a bonus. Otherwise, sometimes I think people put too much pressure on themselves to be like, if it doesn't happen now, then forget about it. When actually, it's probably less about you, the person and more about everything else that can happen that's not necessarily within your control.
1: Yeah no I agree and sometimes it's also not the pressure from from, that you put yourself under because I think people naturally put themselves under a bit of pressure anyway but sometimes it's people from your family friends you know you said you're going to do this it's not happening when will it happen when will it ever happen and then when it doesn't happen for a long time they then you almost or they then almost put a bit of doubt in your head that it never will happen but as long I, I think in my own experience as long as you don't you know let that kind of ambition or goal go like you'll you'll always get there i i I don't think anything is is out of reach that you almost want to do but you just have to put in actually that play the long game and 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 do things that take time and it might take months or it might take years but um yeah you you will go you will sorry you will you will get there and i think if you take steps to do things every day or every other day to enhance your skill set your network it will it can only but be good things and bring good things for you
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And so I think then, you know, just, just recapping what we've talked about, um, for today, you know, I think what I'm really keen on trying to articulate is, you know, not some just big theory about you've got to do a habit and then you've got to find a routine and then those opportunities will come. It's almost like think about the particular, very, very specific thing that you can do on a day to day basis that ideally, you can write in a journal that you can track that then gives you ideas of the things that interest you more. Because ultimately, what you're looking for is, you know, to, to basically find those areas of curiosity in whichever industry it might be. For us, it's been sports. For me, it's been football as well. But for whatever industry that might be. And then by slowly evolving your knowledge base, and by then being able to articulate ideas to, your, to others that are interested in hearing and to more broadly other people, and then starting to build a network and relationships into the types of sectors you're interested in doing. And then that creating opportunities because people are thinking, oh, she knows what she's talking about. He knows something of interest there. He's read that case or she's you know done that really interesting blog on that particular topic. You know, things start very, very slowly falling into place. And all of that, in my mind, should give that person like tangible confidence that they're, they're doing things in the right way. I'm, I'm not saying that for every single person that that dream job is going to be there because there is no such thing as a dream job in truth. There's always times in my line of work, I'm sure it's the same with you, Jody. it's like, this is tough, or this is a bit, a bit of a rubbish day, or this is hard work, or whatever it might be. But... The point I'm trying to get to more generally is it might be that for a while it's something that's not the main part of your life but can still be a significant focus of your life because it's the thing that you're interested in doing. And whether it's something you do as a side hustle, like my fashion brand, I know I'm not going to be a fashion designer forever. <laughs> that's not, I, I know I'm not going to do that. Jody, why are you laughing? That's the question he asked. <laughs> you know, at the same time, I identify myself as a lawyer as someone who provides content as an author, but someone that loves doing these sort of self-development, you know, helping, um, um, you know, talks alongside yourself. And so it's starting very small and just slowly and sh- slowly and surely building that foundation by doing that, you know, in my experience, and then working with yourself, Jody, and lots of other people that have gone through that process, you gain confidence then that you put the legwork in rather than thinking, Instantly, I want to be this. And if it doesn't happen shortly, then it's my fault. Or worse, it's someone else's fault that hasn't given me the opportunity. And by, you know, being pretty honest with yourself, I think, and and being pretty aware of whether you are actually doing the things that you want to do, identifying yourself as whatever you want to identify yourself, and actually putting those habits in place. Um, you know, I found that by doing those relatively straightforward things over a longer period of time people are much happier with the things that they're doing because ultimately they're moving themselves slightly in a better trajectory of what they want to do longer term
1: yeah no i I totally agree and it doesn't even have to be i know spoken a lot about the knowledge journal but that is what one thing but another thing for me when was when i was doing um networking when I, you know, set myself a target, I'll, I'll connect with five people today and see what happens and see if I can get a connection or see if I can get a bit of advice. And some some days or some weeks I got no replies, some days I got a couple of replies. And um, But actually, if you didn't send that, um, you know, message in the first place, you were never gonna get any reply. So I think you've got to be realistic as well. You know, people are busy, I guess, and people might not see these LinkedIn messages for a while, but on the off chance that somebody does, then great. And it might just be at that time where they're actually needing somebody in the office or they're needing, you know, a junior to come in and help out or a placement or, or anything. You just never know. And. I mean, I am very much not a firm believer, but I do sometimes think what's for you won't go by you, whether that's in one year or whether that's in five years. Um, like, I just think opportunities do do present themselves. But I think if you help yourself by putting yourself in the best light, i.e. making efforts to reach your goal, um, I think people would be naive to think that the goal will come to them. I think you actually have to physically... Take steps, take actions to reach that goal. And well, that's in my own experience. I mean, I know for a fact if I hadn't done any of the things that I've um, done over the past kind of two or three years, I one hundred percent would not be sitting here right now speaking on this kind of forum without a doubt. So I think actually um over the years, I think um by looking back and seeing what you did, because actually when you're going through a process of doing habits or doing routine, sometimes you don't take stock of what, what you what you do. And I remember Dan you saying to me when I um, when I got the job at Metas you said to me, you know, I really hope you sit down and you think about how far you've come and what you've done throughout this process, and to be honest, I don't really think i had done that. i done that much um, at all. I just very much was quite keen and quite motivated and resilient to keep going. But actually, when I thought thought about it and sat down, like I I done I didn't quite quite a lot. But when you're going through it, you you just don't think about it. You just push on and power on, and then it's only maybe a couple of years later you realise, wow, I I you know I I did quite quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you should put any pressure on yourself whatsoever, um, but doing something, um, as I always say, doing 1% of, is better than 0%. If you do, you know, if you read five pages a day rather than, you know, zero, or if you go for a walk for 10 minutes rather than not going out at all, you know, these things are all benefiting benefiting you, and, um, yeah, in the long term, um, I think it definitely will will be of benefit.
0: Everybody, great stuff, as always, chatting to you. Um, I think we're more or less there. If there aren't any more questions, but um, I'm not sure if there's any particular thing you want to mention, um, just on DG community stuff or when we're doing our next one or um, how we're going to do it. We probably haven't talked about ourselves yet, to be fair. <laughs> no,
1: no, I think the next one will be at the end of September, either the 29th or 30th. But I'll um, confirm share on platforms when I when I know. Um, but otherwise, if um, Anyone who's not a member of the DG community on on LinkedIn, please just request to join, and and Dan and I will of course a- accept you into that. And um, we share quite a lot of articles in there. So again, if anyone wants to post anything that they're up to or anything that they've seen that's um, you know, interesting, and actually, often of the knowledge journal. I mean, in a way, the DG community on LinkedIn could be a good resource for you because actually, if a lot, I mean, I think there's over two hundred and fifty or three hundred members or whatever. So if um, you know, a hundred people posted articles, you know every couple of weeks or or whatever all your resources will will be there and of course not every article will interest you absolutely not because that that, people have different interests but actually it's a good source to to look at so I would encourage everyone to post some um articles um or just even thoughts about what's going on in the sports or entertainment industries to kind of generate conversation um as well and if anyone wants to um have a specific kind of um chat about what we can discuss next and uh, next month so always feel free to just send me a linkedin message or, or dan as well and um we can um see what we can what we can do but um yeah thanks very much for, for listening um as ever we really appreciate the um the support that that we get for, from everyone and um yeah if you want to you know take any in, information and share it amongst your peers or friends or, or whatnot and get them to join in the next time that would also um also be great
0: Thanks,
1: Thanks, Dan.
0: Thanks for listening, you can follow me on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram at footballlaw, read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website, danielg.com forward slash blogs. Please do subscribe to the Dundeal Football Podcast, like, share and tag me. If you like the content, if not my voice, you'll probably also like my book, Dundeal, an insider's guide to football contracts, multi-million pound transfers and Premier League big business. A bit of a mouthful. It's available to buy in hard copy, digitally and via Audible. All links are in the podcast show notes. Lastly, the podcast is powered by Thirteen, which is a fashion brand I've started. All proceeds go towards cancer charity research and particularly the stellar work done by John Krell, who has helped my mum through some difficult times over the last few years. You can take a look at the merch and hopefully buy a T-shirt Hoodie, cap, or all three, please do spread the word and go to 13shop.co.uk. That's 13shop.co.uk. Thanks for listening.